is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I want to talk about today Jesus Christ's unlikable moments. You know, he did have those, you know, that when he was unliked by the masses, unliked by the people. Have you ever had an unlikable moment happen to you where people just didn't like you? You know, maybe you stood for something. Maybe you said something that, that others did not go along with. And you, you feel the embarrassment of eyes upon you as they disagree with what you're saying. Now, of course, I have that all the time in giving sermons, you know, where someone's maybe shaking their head or looking with a frown upon their face or whatever. But it's, it's, it's really disturbing our unlikable moments. And... I think a lot of us probably waste a lot of time. We spend a lot of time trying desperately to avoid any unlikable moments. We want people to like us. I mean, who wants to be hated? I don't want to go through life with people hating me. I do not want to be unliked or disliked or anything like that. And so we put a lot of energy in avoiding any unlikable moments. We avoid unlikable moments at the expense. Now, here's the problem. We avoid unlikable moments at the expense of not being true to ourselves, at the expense of not being authentic. You see, and this is where the problem occurs at. This is where we get into big trouble. And maybe you, maybe you can relate absolutely to what I'm talking about. You say, yeah, I've been there. I feel like I've not been true to myself. I feel like I've not been authentic because I didn't speak up. I didn't speak my mind. I didn't speak my voice. So here's what I want you to, to understand. Let me, let me repeat it again. We avoid unlikable moments at the expense of not being true to ourselves, at the expense of not being authentic. Now, let me just digress a little bit and tell you how to convince the majority of people that you are a Christian. Okay, are you ready? Hang on to your seat. This is how you do it. How to convince the majority of people that you are a Christian. Two words. Be nice. That, that's it. Be nice. Don't ever voice your opinion because if you voice your opinion, those that disagree with you may not like you. Okay? All right. <laughs> but that's how you can convince the majority of people out there. That's how you can fool the majority of people out there that you are a Christian. Just be nice. Oh, that person is so nice. That's the nicest woman I've ever met. That's the nicest guy I've ever met. She must, they must be a Christian because they are so nice. You know, you can probably fool a lot of people just by smiling at people and they'll, they'll think that's a nice guy. He's got a nice smile on his face. He must be a Christian. So, like, like I said, if you want to convince the majority of people, if you want to fool the majority of people in the world, just be nice and they will, they will think that you are a Christian. Now, I, I get a kick out of some of the things that people say about our president. 
President Trump. You know, they say, well, he's harsh, he's crude, he's arrogant, he's rude, he's, he, he's not nice. Let me tell you what Trump, Trump, President Trump is. He is a man who believes in himself. He is a man that believes in the mission he has been given. He's a man that believes in himself. You see, people who believe in themselves are often the enemy of those who don't believe in themselves. You know, if I am a person, I don't really believe in anything about myself, and I don't, I don't believe in what I'm doing, I don't believe in my purpose in life, you know, I'm going to resent people with confidence, people who actually believe in themselves. Now, in Proverbs, now, there's a verse here that sort of correlates to this dilemma. Proverbs 29 and verse 27 says, An unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. In other words, if you are upright, if you do the right thing, wicked people will hate you. It's just the way, it's just the way it is. So I want you to get used to having unlikable moments. E.E. E. Cummings said this. He said, to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you like everybody else means to face, to fight the greatest battle there is to fight and never stop fighting. I want to ask you a question. Have you lost the ability to be authentic by trying to be nice to everyone, by being a man pleaser or a woman pleaser, by just trying to get along, just, just trying to be accepted by everyone? You know, in John 2 and verse 23, there's a verse that tells us this. It says, now when he, this is Jesus, was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days, Notice that. Wait a minute. He was at the Passover. Does your church keep the Passover, the New, New Testament Lord's Supper, the new, the, to when, when you renew the, your covenant with God? It says he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days. It doesn't say that he was at Jerusalem at Easter hiding Easter eggs in the field. It doesn't say that. It says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days, does your church keep the feast days? I'm just asking. Well, I'm getting off, I'm getting off the, my point here, but let's continue on. It says, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Boy, you talk about an unlikable moment. Jesus looks at mankind and says I, he didn't commit himself to, into them because he knew what was in all men. What does that mean? Well, in other words, he's not that impressed with mankind. Jesus looks at you and says, I know what you're made of, and then walks away in disappointment. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you a question. Is it possible to disappoint your Savior? Now, with most religions that I see, with most preachers I see uh, on TV, you couldn't disappoint Jesus if you tried to. I mean, it's all just a pep rally, feel good about myself, and Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. You couldn't please Jesus if you wanted. You couldn't displease Jesus if you wanted to. You couldn't disappoint him. But you know, what I'm saying is, yeah, it is possible. 
for you to disappoint your Savior. And one of the ways that we all do it is by trying so desperately to avoid our unlikable moments. Not to make any waves. Just be nice. This verse says many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Oh yeah, it doesn't take much to impress man. It doesn't make, take much to, to convince this is of God. All you got to do is see a few miracles. Yeah. But you see, here's the thing. You have to, come to, you have to become independent of the good opinions of others. Let me repeat that. You have to become independent of the good opinions of others so that no one is running your life, okay? So that no one is running your life. You know, I had people, I've had people call me and tell me, David, I just love everything you do. I just love everything you say about, oh, is that really in the Bible? I just love it all. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even love everything I say, you know? Why would you be loving everything I say? But, but here's the thing. When people praise you and that, or when people put you down. Either or, it doesn't matter. You have to become independent of the good opinions of others. Sometimes if people are always praising you, a lot of times that goes to people's heads and they develop an ego and they can't take it. But again, you have to become independent of the good opinions of others so that no one is running your life. Because if, if, if you let that control you, someone else is running your life. You see, the world says, be nice. Just be nice. Just tolerate. Be tolerant. I accept your perversion. You accept my perversion. Let's just all get along with one another. No conviction, no opinion, no morality. Just coexist with one another. Let me tell you what the world is coming to. The only way, this is what the world is coming to. The only way we can get along with one another is if we abolish morality. Once we abolish morality, then we can all get along with one another. We expect nothing from each other. Absolutely nothing. We don't expect honesty. We don't expect, you know, hard work. We don't expect anything. And, you know, when I talk about we abolish morality, you know, the churches are doing a good job at this with a theology that many of them have that says the law has been abolished, been nailed to the cross, has been fulfilled, it's been done away with, there's nothing I must do, grace plus nothing, just raise your hand and you're saved and that's it. Yeah, the, law, the, the churches have been doing a good job with this no-law theology, uh, destroying morality. And I'm sure the liberals are applauding the churches. But I want to look at some more of Jesus Christ's unlikable moments. Matthew 21, verse 31. Breaking into the middle of a scripture here. It says, Whether of them twain did the will of his father, they said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you, the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Now I want to explain to you who Jesus was talking to. He was talking to the religious Pharisees and Sadducees of his day. They, they, these were the spiritual mucky mucks. They were the spiritual gurus of the day. Yes, they're listening to Jesus and they're stroking their long beards and hmm, and as they're listening to what he's saying. These were people that believed because, that they were saved because of their national heritage. They were the Jews. They were the God's people. We know that we're saved. And Jesus comes along and tells them, 
the publicans and the whores go into the kingdom of God before you people do. I can't think of anything that would have been more offensive to these people if Jesus had walked up with a wet fish and just smacked him across the face. That would have been less offensive than what he just said to these people. The publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you people do. Yeah. We're talking about Christ's unlikable moments. Matthew 15 and verse 22. And behold, a woman of Cana came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, you son of, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Next verse, verse 23. But he answered her not a word. First unlikable moment. He answered her not a word. Have you ever pretended not to hear somebody? You know, of course, parents are good about that with their, with their kids, but, but I, sometimes I do it with, with adult people. Or I think, you know, maybe someone says something and I think that is so stupid, it's not worth answering. Now, I'm not saying this is what was going on with Jesus and this woman, but I'm just saying he was a busy man. He just kept right on walking. He answered her not a word. And this was the first unlikable moment. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Second unlikable moment. You're not a part of the in group, is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You're not part of the in group. And kept right on walking. Then came she and worshiped him and saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Third unlikable moment. The deliberate choosing of words could have, e Jesus' deliberately choice of words could have easily been, been misconstrued. In other words, you're calling me a dog. You're, you're calling me a dog. The woman could have thought. But let's continue on. Matthew 15 and verse 27. And she said, True, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her and said to her, O oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You know, it's, it's, it's almost as if Jesus is deliberately testing this woman just to see how she would respond to this. Now, Listen, women, hang on to your hats on this one. I mean, listen to me closely. I have found that a lot of times women can be more emotional, you know, connected and get feelings hurt and walk away. And I'm not, I'm leaving the church. I'm not, someone offended me. Someone said this, someone said that. I'm upset. I think sometimes women can be more that way than men are. Men often just let that stuff run right over off, off their backs or whatever. But, but listen closely to this example of what's, being, what's going on here. It's almost as if Jesus is deliberately testing this woman. Now, should this surprise us that Christ would deliberately test us? Well, God tested Abraham, and it shouldn't surprise us at all that throughout the Bible, throughout a relationship with God, there are things that he does on a continuous daily basis that will test us just to see where we stand.
It's almost as if Jesus is saying, how can I get this woman to be offended? And had she responded with offense, had she said, well, you're calling me a dog and spun on her heel and walked away, her daughter would have never been healed. It all depends on how this woman responded. The reason Jesus says, oh, woman, great is your faith, is how this woman responded. Now think about that. What is your attitude toward the things that daily come into your life? You know, had this woman responded with offense, she would have walked away thinking, this son of God is the most unlikable person I've ever met in my life. And that would have been the end of that. And her daughter would have never been healed. Listen, listen closely. God will challenge us with many unlikable moments about himself, about his nature, about the nature of God, just to see how we will respond. God, I don't like this, we say. I don't like the way this prayer has been answered. Or I don't like the way this prayer has not been answered. You're being tested with God's unlikable moments just to see how you respond. Here's another unlikable moment. Matthew 23 and verse 27. Christ Jesus' unlikable moments. Here's another one. He's talking to the religious ilk of his days, the Pharisees, scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees. He says, you're hopeless. Now, I'm reading from the Message Bible because I like the way it's worded. You're hopeless, you religious scholars and Pharisees. Frauds. You're like manicured grave plots, grass clipped and flowers bright, but six feet down, it's all rotting bones and worm-eaten flesh. People look at you and think you're saints, but beneath the skin, you're a total frauds. Wow. I mean, think about, think about Jesus' unlikable moments and how he dealt with these people. And again, I mean, this is highly offensive. This is in your face. This is truth in your face. I mean, it's incredible to read these stories. Another example of Christ's unlikable moments, John 2 and verse 13. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a small scourge, scourge, small cords, a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and out and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. Now, get this. I mean, this is like Rambo at church or something like this. We're talking about in the temple of God. And he goes in there, he makes himself a little uh, small whip, smacks the behind of the donkeys and sheep or whatever. They, they kick up their heels. They kick over the money table. Christ turns over the money table. Money coins are running all over the place. People are running and scattering everywhere. This is in the temple. This is in church, by the way. And he said unto them that sold doves, take these things away. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. I mean, these people knew what they were doing was wrong. They knew they shouldn't be buying and selling on the Sabbath day and in the temple of God. They knew it was wrong. Now, my question is this. How unlikable was he at this moment? 
Did they look at him at this moment and say, oh, sweet Jesus, how much I love the Lord. No, they didn't think that. They didn't think about that. They didn't say anything like it. It was an unlikable moment where Christ was not very much liked. Another example, Mark 16, verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven, as they said at meat, and upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. This is, this is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. That word upbraided means, it just basically means chewing out. He gave them a royal chewing out for their unbelief because they didn't have faith after they had seen he was risen. I mean, think about that. I mean, a chewing out, you know, we like to think that, oh, it would have been so nice to live during the day of Jesus and had him as, you know, our master and we're the disciples and we're just learning at the master's feet and this would have been so pleasant and this would have been so good. No, no, you're, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. Chances are, as a disciple, we would have been highly offended. In fact, they all were. They were all highly offended at some of the things that Jesus said because he was in your face. He was about, yeah, he was rude at times. He was, you know, in your face correcting these men on a daily basis. You know, I think about our unlikable moments and how desperately we work at being liked and we try to avoid all of these unlikable moments that we have. We want people to love us. We want people, we don't want people to hate us. We don't want people to despise us or anything like that. We so desperately want people to accept us and, and like us. And yet, and yet, Matthew 10 and verse 22 says this, and you shall be hated of all men for of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. And you shall be loved. And you shall be liked. No, it says you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. You know, I'm convinced that most of us live our lives trying to be nice. We live our lives in what I call an appeasement mode. And by doing so, we're not authentic. We're not being true to ourselves. You ever had, we're, we're trying to avoid unlikable moments. You ever had a, a, an encounter where, with a person and then after you left the person, you start thinking, I should have said this. I should have said that. I should have spoken up and brought up A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know, Yeah, yeah we, all would, we all do that. But my point is, because we are trying to be liked, because we are trying to avoid the unlikable moments, we're not being true to ourselves. We're not being authentic. You know, churchianity has made Jesus void of any unlikable moments. It really has. Churchianity has made Jesus almost void of unlikable moments. And yet I've just revealed to you, what has been revealed today is that Jesus had many unlikable moments. In fact, 
if we really want to be honest with ourselves, it's what got him killed. It's what got him killed. He was not killed because he was loved by all men. Oh, he was loved by many people, yes. But he had many unlikable moments. Now, what about you? What about you? What about you and me? You know, I think a real Christian will have as many unlikable moments as you have likable moments. And that might be something that you want to think about. You know, how many unlikable moments do you have during a day? Or is your day spent, you know, I just, I got to get into this appeasement mode. I got to be accepted by everybody I meet. I don't want to upset the apple cart. I don't want to rock the boat. I want everybody to, to love me and to, to accept me. And, you know, is your day spent 90% of your energy or all of your energy trying to be liked by the world? Because like I said, I think a real Christian will have just as many uh, unlikable moments as he has likable moments. Now, that's nothing. Now, we all love the likable moments. Believe me, we all love it when we're praised and, and when people speak well of us. And that's all, that's all well and good to have that. But I'm just saying, if you're desperately trying to avoid uh, all of the unlikable moments, you're not being true to yourself. You're not being authentic at all. And you know, you don't want to go to your grave not being real, not being authentic. You want to be you. And you want to be able to speak up even if it hurts other people. And you shall be hated of all men for my namesake. And that's what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.